Yo, 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 everybody, it's Stretch Armstrong. And my name is Bobito Garcia, aka Cool Bob Love. If you love this podcast you are listening to, you should check out our new show, What's Good with Stretch and Bobito. This is not your average interview show. We're going to be telling stories that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the NPR One app, or however you find your podcast. It's What's Good. Hey, y'all, just a quick warning. In this episode, we are going to discuss uh, music that the youths listen to. And we're going to hear some lyrics that you might not want kids to hear. That is in the section of this interview where Jeff plays the piano. So feel free to skip that. It's about three minutes long. It starts when you hear the piano. Hey, y'all, it's been a minute. I'm Sam Sanders. Every Tuesday on the show, we bring you a deep dive interview. Today's was recorded a couple of months ago when I met this record producer who lives up in the Hollywood Hills in Los Angeles. Hey. This is nice. Yeah, I like it. His name is Jeff Basker. I've been obsessed with this guy this for nice. years. He's a nice place to, to make music. Yeah. He is the guy behind some of the biggest pop songs of the last few years. You know these songs. We are talking Kanye West. We are talking fun. Talking Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson. Jeff Basker's sound became a real thing in pop music. These huge songs with big, pounding drums. It's been called the quote, stadium sound. What, uh, would you care for an espresso or a water or anything like that? I'm good, thank you though. That huge, huge, huge music comes in part. From Jeff Basker, who is this mild-mannered, half-Indian dude who grew up in the desert in New Mexico. I actually met Jeff Basker once a few years ago when I was helping out on an NPR story. He was in a very different place back then. He had just produced the Fun album. He was still riding high from producing Kanye West's opus of an album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy from 2010. And since then, his life has changed a lot. He has a kid now with his girlfriend, the artist Leaky Lai. And they have this like half studio, half home set up in the Hollywood Hills where I met him. Basker was doing a round of press for the new self-titled record he produced by some guy named Harry Styles. You may have heard this single. The album was an instant number one hit. So I talked to Jeff about working with Harry, what makes him tick, all those songs I just mentioned. You will even hear Jeff Basker sit down at the piano and break down a few of those tracks. And during those moments, we went ahead and mixed in the studio versions of those songs he's playing so you can know what we're talking about. Anyway, that'll get you started. Here is Jeff Basker and me with a very quick drop-in from one of the artists I just mentioned in the intro there. All right, enjoy. Okay, we're on this sweet little mid-century mod, lovely olive green, sectional couch, looking out this humongous window onto the pool, then like, what is this? Like, this is kind of Hollywood Hills, right? This is, this is Hollywood, this yeah. is Hollywood Hills, and you know, we don't really have the city view, but we got these kind of Dr. Seuss hills and vegetation blocking all that weird Hollywood energy. <laughs> At first yeah. I was like, oh man, I wanted to have the, I wanted to have the city view uh-huh. and i've really grown to love it being blocked and you know on this side on the other side you can see the hollywood all, sign hollywood sign and griffith park you know so there's love no it. houses there's no 
Although there are some power lines that I would like to. <laughs> are you going to be uh, that guy who's like calling the city? Oh, I, I, did, I am that guy. What? I am that okay, guy. Okay, so you called the city of LA and we're like, fix this. Them. It's going to be a little more expensive than I thought okay. it might be. Yes. So they're like, okay, you can move them yourself. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Want. That's how it works. That's really? That's how it works. They're like, okay, uh, if you want to fund it, this is what we can do, but you got to pay for it. And it's a little out of my price range. Yeah. 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 One of the things I'm noticing already, one, you were right on time. Mm. Two, this house is impeccably kept. Mm. Three, you're well-dressed to the nines. You are perhaps one of the more put-together rock and roll hip-hop producers, I'm guessing, in that I've come a long way since our last interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well, last time we talked, uh, you were still punctual. But you were wearing, I think I remember this correctly, white jeans, white t-shirt, the apartment was all white. Was your piano white? No, it was, it was black. It was black. But yeah. it, 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 was yeah. a very, it was a very like rock star mm. vibe. Have you changed since that last conversation we had? I'm sure. I think, I think I've changed a lot. You know, like I had a kid. Yeah? Like, um, How old's a kid? That will change you. He's 16 months. Oh. He's amazing. Oh. It's like, yeah, I think all the things that you noticed are signs of like, there's a woman in my life. <laughs> I am not going to sit here and pretend that I have grown so much and I okay. it all comes from me. There's a woman in my life who deserves pretty much all the credit for me, yeah. dressing better, having better furnishings. Leaky deserves most of the credit for for all that stuff. And um, So like Leaky's influence, your child's influence, you know, this different part of your life, has that influenced your work? I mean, big time. I mean, and, and, you know, like the big difference from uh, you brought up like last time we were talking about fun and, you know, this latest project with Harry. Mm-hmm. Harry Styles. It's, exactly. For those who don't know. Right. Is, you know, the fun project. Well, let's just say I did a lot more. You were hands, more hands on. Hands on. Okay. And mixed some of the yeah. songs. I mean, I, that, that was unusual too. It's like I don't usually mix, but I was like, I'm just going to mix it because I care. So I was very hands on. And this project, I was quite hands off in a way. Um, hmm. It was a bit more editorial. Okay. So you had some uh, helpers was, under you that you were guiding? I had a lot of helpers. Well, not a lot, but, you know, I had, there was two producers that worked under me, Tyler Johnson and Alex Salibian, who... When I met Harry and he asked me to work with him on his project, I had just had my child too. And oh, we really? met here before any of this was Which furnished room? like this. Oh, or so it was like not Yeah, this. in there. It was kind of it was a lot more raw and kind of like unfinished. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was just kind of like, you know, I understand what you, I think I understand what you want to do after he kind of explained it to me, which was kind of create like a rock band. Yeah. You know, and... Being like a 43-year-old new father, it Wait, was just... Wait, you're 43? Yes. Dude, give me your genes. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. Um, so just kind of understanding that I, I played a couple of things from Tyler and Alex mm-hmm. for him that very much kind of aligned with what, what he wanted to do. do. And he was like, I mean, I think he literally said he was just like, well, I should take you up on that. And I said, okay, to them, I said, find him a guitar player, find him a drummer, you know, and let's not, we're not going to like make the tracks like we usually do and huh. him so- and sing on it and we're going to make some pop thing. We need to like literally create the band. So the band played in studio together? 
Yeah, and we it. just pretty instantly had like a full band. Yeah. That knew how to record mm -hmm. and were cool with each other. And I think in the first week they did like 10 songs and really hit it off. And then I'd come and give my feedback. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first time it was like, mm, okay, like this is good. You guys have got some stuff going. And the second time I went, they played me, meet me in the hallway. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. You guys are really <laughs> on to something. There. And yeah, and just, just the vibe that they had together. And also just, just Harry being excited and happy. And also he got to kind of be the one in the room that was leading the project. And it, and, and it all came from him. Which is interesting because like you usually don't think of former boy band members as being in charge of their creative lives. Absolutely. Right? Like, because they, they come from this very managed yeah. empire, you know? And, like, were you skeptical of that and skeptical of the One Direction-ness and skeptical of Harry even when you first met him? Kind of. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say skeptical. Okay. I just I had no idea what yeah. he would want to do. Did his folks what... call you up first and say, hey, well, I think his manager and my manager are kind of friendly. Gotcha. Like, they must have kind of talked about it. And Harry, you know, like you say, like, he is kind of the first time that he's done this. Or maybe, you know, he had a band before, this white Eskimo band. And yeah. I think he he maybe started off, he's a really creative guy, and then he got sucked into that lane of, like, what One Direction was, which... Mm -hmm. It must have been Which is good for what it was. It was well, really I mean, good. it was phenomenal. I mean, and to be on that level and to experience that amount of pressure and I mean, I can't imagine what it was like. I can't even imagine. But it was just one of the mo the easiest and most really? fun projects to be a part of. You know, it wasn't like which isn't necessarily always a good sign. What's been your hardest project to work on? Um the Lady Gaga tour. That was What did you do with the tour? I was the music director. Which tour? The very first one. Oh. The very first arena tour. Yeah. Yeah. That what was, made that it was hard. hard? Not enough time. Just craziness. Just crazy. Not her. Like, she's lovely. She's a performer. But she can do or it. Or, like, Dark Twisted Fantasy, where it's like... The Kanye album. Yeah, like... Where y'all went to Hawaii for a while. Yeah. And just camped and, out in Rome. And it was like, pressure is on, and hard is, like, good. Actually, mm. if it's going too easy... That's a problem? Yeah, like, it doesn't... It's not... It's the friction that makes things great. Was there friction with Kanye? I imagine there was. I mean, there wasn't like friction between us and he's actually quite good at like managing the pressure and and alleviating the pressure huh. from everyone and and just being it's like It's interesting to hear that because his public persona I, would indicate differently. You know what? And also like he definitely like cares so much and I think that's what kind of comes across yeah. as brash sometimes is like his passion and him caring so much but there's a huge lesson i definitely learned from him was like to come from a creative place you can't come from this place of pressure and stress mm. you need to be like a kid just playing that doesn't have any cares yeah that's when the most that's creative happens. things happen you need to be in that then then you get something great that okay. you're excited about then the hell begins <laughs> because you got something great, and you've got to make it 2% better. <laughs> and like, well, you know, this is good. 
you don't need this part, take that out. This line mm-hmm. needs to be better. That, yeah, you know, I didn't quite know how Harry was going to react to that. You know, like yeah. we had our maybe little moments, but it's tough to build someone's trust to like right off bat. You know, that's kind of another thing I learned from Kanye was like, if you are say the smartest guy in the room, the all the people I've met who are the smartest guys in the room, they are asking everybody else what they think. Mm. It's never about like. I'm giving you the dictate. I'm giving Yeah, you. like what I say goes. It's about exploring like mm-hmm. every angle of it or really trying to find the best idea wins. Yeah. It's a very so, zen thing. Like I like this. To care about your idea. But not be wedded to it. Yeah. So speaking of zen, like you do this thing where you take the artist and the team to like an island to just figure the music out. You, you worked with Kanye for the fantasy album in Hawaii. Right. You worked on this Harry Styles project in Jamaica. Is that, you know, to get to that childlike playfulness you spoke of? Is it to get to that zen that you just said right now? What do you get when you go out, go out to somewhere like that? Well, I mean, full disclaimer, like neither of those island ideas were, were, were my idea. Really? Whose <laughs> no, idea no. were the islands? No, it was like Kanye was like, I want to work in Hawaii. He was like, great, we get to go to Hawaii. <laughs> Harry was like, I think I want to do my album in Jamaica. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. You know? How long are you out there when you do these things? I mean, yeah, we were, I mean, we were in Hawaii for like years with Kanye. We did so much what? there. We did 808s there. We did Blueprint 3 there. We did... I didn't know you did uh, Blueprint like, 3 there. Yeah, okay. we did tons of in Hawaii, it wasn't just dark fantasy. Um, and I actually wanted to do Harry's album here in LA because I thought that for what the type of music it was. It feels very LA. Yeah, and I think the album kind of came out, or at least I got a lot of comments that like the album sounds quite British, which I'm very proud uh, of. Well, there was one track where I was like, oh, this is giving me Elton John vibes. Uh, yeah. Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woman, because I, I could find that song easily transitioning into like, Benny and the Jets. Well, yeah, it's, it's got that piano thing. I mean, vibe. that's yeah, no, that's it's love yeah. that song. Okay, good. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm just glad just because he's from England that it has that identity that was like a positive totally thing for me. Yeah. So when he said he wanted to go to Jamaica. Were you like, we ain't making a reggae album, dude? Well, I was like, I have a baby. You have a baby. <laughs> I have a baby. Like, I, 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 that's the kind of the other reason I wanted to just do it here because it was like easier for me. Yeah. yeah. But also knowing how that Kanye experience was being in Hawaii and trusting that like that's what he wanted to do, I was just kind of like, okay, great, I'll, yeah. I'll make it work. Is and it I, freeing to be on an island as opposed to like in LA or like what is the difference? Well, I mean, it's. Very isolating, mm. and you can if you got the right team, it's just fantastic because there's nothing else to do but get creative and be in that zone. Yeah, and there's no distractions, you know. Especially for someone who's like quite famous, uh-huh. you know, being in LA or New York is like very difficult to be productive because there's so many people that want a piece of them all the time, and it can be very distracting. I think it's it's seems obvious once you think about it. It's like there's no one there except you. And it was it was great. It was a great really? experience. Um, and I definitely, I fell in love with Jamaica and like the people of Jamaica. And yeah, we had, we did that. And then we came back to LA and did a, like a couple more weeks mm-hmm. and, and, and voila. then went into mixing. Voila, there it You've was. Got this, I was. I've been listening yeah. to it. It's, I love that it's 40 minutes, 10 songs, bam. And everyone... Yeah. Packs a punch. You know, it's like I had forgotten, but like 
Harry Styles can sing. Yes. He can sing. Big time. Like, yes. That was great. I mean, for one thing, he's a pro. And just like, the, yeah, the quality of his voice, like, is really. I was very excited once we started yeah. recording those first few things. Yeah. It's like, wow, he's. Something there. He's the real deal. Yeah. yeah. Hey, time for a quick break here, but we'll be right back to talk more with Jeff Basker about growing up in New Mexico, how that influences music, and he will play some music for us as well. BRB. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Angie's List. Home improvement season has arrived, and Angie's List is here to help. At Angie's List, they have the tools to help homeowners tackle their to-do list with confidence. Whether you need windows cleaned, your lawn mowed, or remodeled, they'll help you find the perfect pro for the project. Angie's List is now free to join, and members receive exclusive benefits and discounts on home services. Visit Angie'sList.com today. Angie's List. Home is where our heart is. Support also comes from Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe makes everything about home security effortless, from having no long-term contract which keeps you in charge to sophisticated wireless technology that makes setup a breeze. With 24/7 professional alarm monitoring and police dispatch, your home stays safe around the clock. Right now, Simply Safe is having its biggest ever summer sale. For a limited time, get $100 off Simply Safe's special summer package. This sale ends soon. Visit simplysafenpr.com. I'm Linda Holmes and I'm Stephen Thompson. There's more stuff to watch and read these days than any one person can get to. That's why we make Pop Culture Happy Hour. Twice a week, we sort through the nonsense, share reactions, and give you the lowdown on what's worth your precious time and what's not. Find Pop Culture Happy Hour on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to talk a bit, I mean, so like you have worked with so many different kinds of artists. Kanye, Mark Ronson, Fun, Harry Styles, Gaga. Like Mm -hmm. you've spanned... All the genres, it seems. Mm. Um, and like looking back through your history, like you went to Berklee College of Music, you played what in a wedding band, you played in a jam band called Lettuce, you played yep. in an R&B yep. 70s band called Tavares. Yep. Have you always just been all over the map musically? I mean, that's interesting. I never really thought of it that way. Um, maybe it's because I grew up in New Mexico yeah, and in a bit of isolation. Where in New Mexico? I grew up in Socorro, New Mexico, which is a pretty small town of, of like 10,000 people. And your dad was the mayor? Still is the mayor to this day. How um, many years has he been the mayor? I think he's been the mayor for like 30 years, like the longest running mayor That's in amazing. New Mexico. So, yeah. And he's not from there, right? No, he's from, he's from India. Huh. Uh, matter of fact. What's his name? Ravi Basker. Yeah, good old Ravi Basker, Doctor Ravi <laughs> Basker. What kind of doctor? He's, a, he's just like family practitioner, you okay. know, and that's how kind of like got got maybe popular and trust people knew he was you like trust a, your doctor. He's yeah. your you trust your doctor, and he's a, you know he's a good guy like that. He's like a you know he's he's good at what he does, and he's a brown guy in like a brown town, you know. Like when I moved there, different like, kind of brown though, right? Different brown, but brown, you know, <laughs> brown, brown you know. is brown. He looks, he looks like, you know, he'd always get stopped at the border when we would really? go to Mexico and be like, they'd be looking at his ID like, oh, Basker, what you is are this not like? American. There's no way you can be. And then when I moved to New Mexico, then I was the gringo. Then I was oh. the white guy because they're all Hispanic there. And I was, now I was, so when I'm among white people, I'm not white enough. And I'm around brown people, I'm not brown enough. Huh. 
Does and, that influence your music? I mean, I think more than anything, like the musical influence has been kind of coming from like a culture of like, and don't get me wrong, it's yeah. not as if I'm like feels like I'm some minority or something. I'm also half white and kind of like a, pro- when you look at me, I'm a white guy. So I'm not trying to for one second be like, yeah. hey, I am one of these oppressed minorities. But I, I, I grew up like that. Like I looked at it from that yeah. side. And, but now as a grown man and, un, and no understanding culture and society, like I think, you know, one, one of my friends um, reminded me recently that like, you know, you're a white privileged male. Like you don't get to complain about anything. You know, it's like. But you also have an experience that was informed exactly. by a minority experience. Exactly. And I, you know, when I got into jazz, okay. the emphasis on it being an African-American art form and the only true art form that America has is very impressed on you mm-hmm. that this is the music that came from African-American slaves. Mm-hmm. And also then this whole thing of kind of like, White guys can't swing. It's like I'm guessing you can swing. I can, I, can, I was I was accepted as swing. Okay. And then also when they found out that my dad was Indian, they were like, "Oh snap!" I got the in. I got the in. So I've been, you know, slowly you integrated. You exactly. Yeah. You know, I so it it. And also, I think you know. Uh, so I mean, what were we talking about? Like the uh, the diverse the musical of, and stuff, right? Yeah. The diversity my musical core as a american a person making american music yeah. i have a sen- deep sense of tradition of american music and at the core of that is that it is black music mm. and american music is what you'll hear if you go into a gospel church in mississippi mm-hmm. but then you reminded me also when you say about the diversity is like yeah, growing up in New Mexico it was just kind of like isolating, and like when hip hop hit, yeah, we saw like Electric Boogaloo, the movie, and we had some cardboard, and we were trying to break dance, but we weren't like growing up in the Bronx. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't this social. We're seeing buildings burning, yeah, shit, graffiti artists, and you know, I'm a bit like in a vacuum to some extent, and I was also growing up on like Pink Floyd and ACDC and the Eagles and and classic rock station and then also being in the 80s like MTV exploding mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson and Madonna and Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. and Culture Club yeah so all of that's in the mix all of that is totally in the mix for me yeah so like i don't know it feels like just hearing you talk about this are you making music for that kind of kid the kid who has a diverse experience but Grows up in isolation somewhere in some pocket of America. Maybe. Are you making music that can like take them away? Because when I hear your stuff, like when I hear the Fantasy album, when I hear mm, Fun, when I hear the Serious mm. Styles, every single one of those albums, in mo- it takes me to a place that is not where I am. If That's it, nice to know? hear. That's nice to hear. I, I guess I'm definitely very aware of like certain music feels very trendy mm-hmm. and makes you feel like you belong to mm-hmm. something. And... I think it's more like the you know like the the kind of feeling you get from Nirvana mm. that's speaking to the person that doesn't belong anywhere. I feel like that's where the money is. Yeah. Or that like, that song people are like that's my song. Like we're all kind of really alone, you know. Like it's getting deep. I mean, it's true. We're all pretty alone. We and it's you know that I think that's what makes having 
like a your best friend is someone who understands your loneliness in mm-hmm. a way and and that's comforting and that's yeah. why you're friends you know maybe that's what a song a great song should be is like a friend that understands your loneliness it's funny as soon you know? as you said that i thought of runaway mm-hmm. from fantasy mm. a song that if, yeah. for me it's one i remember exactly where i was when i first heard it mm. and i remember it being like my song mm. that i played for me and it was mine to experience alone over and over and that over and great, over again that is a great uh example of that for sure yeah yeah who who, who was the first one that was like yeah. Play it. I want you to play it. Can you play a little we bit? We can play that. Yeah. Let's do it. You got to take a call? I think that, that was like actually Kanye's suggestion. Like, it should go like this. It should be a sound like this. And then I changed it to a piano. And then I actually changed this I made by accident. Yeah, we could play that. Um, can you carry that one? Thanks, man. You know what? You're the engineer. Why do you want this? I'm going to put this on here. you. I want to get you in the piano. Just. We'll just put it right. Yeah. And the sweeping bass comes in, and like the song builds. Let's have a toast for the douchebags. I mean, that was a tough one because we worked a long time on the for a long time. I mean, the song used to originally be Let's have a toast to the douchebag. Let's have a like the song was written, the chorus was written. And it was a little more of a jokey sounding song. Really? Yeah. The, I mean, the final product's very serious. And then, yeah, and then it was like a long search to find the right music for that. And I think actually, like, it was very late at night. It was like four in the morning, and me and Kanye, I think everyone was kind of asleep, and we were just talking about it. And. I think he kind of had the revelation. He's like, oh, it should be that Pete Rock break. The drums in Runaway are the same break from a very famous Pete Rock Rock song. And he kind of realized, like, oh, that's what it is. And I forget, maybe, you know, we had my setup. That's like, that's kind of one of my like patented like bass sounds that are on a lot of records that it, now I've kind of stripped yeah right big sweep so what's that bass sound called that's well that's that's the living bass patch in the Moog Voyager huh. yeah and how um, your bass has changed I mean because the bass on the Harry Styles it's like bass guitar right exactly yeah I've kind of, there's actually that Moog makes one appearance on uh, ever since New York but got a little you know a little overused and tried to go somewhere else with it but yeah, and we kind of found that music. I, I don't know. Could be in that church. Mike Dean made that little string. 
but kind of cracking the code on it having that yeah that's a very like we were talking about earlier about the loneliness you know that's from him being in this lonely place of I guess telling his lover like you should stay away from me mm-hmm. you know because you don't understand me and I'm bad for you I'm bad for you and at the same time like feeling kind of bad about yourself maybe being remorseful and and that's you know that's emotional and I and then maybe some some kind of redemptive quality in it so that it's just not totally totally a downer but that's funny you bring that song up because that's like yeah that's a really good What's example a, of like trying uh, to just like reach into your yeah uh like a like a harshly honest place yeah. what's the loneliest song you've ever written <laughs> i don't know i mean tries leave one of the broken hearts pretty lonely that's yeah. a pretty yeah that's a that's alicia keys song yeah you play a little bit yeah yeah that's i mean that one was what key is that in I can still hear you in my bed Near me, touch me, feel me And even at the bottom of the sea I can still hear you inside my head Telling me, touch me, feel me And all the time you were telling me lies Yeah, so tonight I'm gonna find a way to make it Without you tonight, I'm gonna find a way to make it without you. I'm gonna hold on to the times that we had tonight. I'm gonna find a way to make it without you. Right? It's pretty, pretty that lonely. Is lonely. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like damn, that, that, damn, that is lonely. <laughs> That's funny. What's like the? Thank you. What's the through line? In all of your music, like what are you trying to convey? What are you always doing? What's present in all of it? The through line kind of varies, but I guess the through line is kind of really trying to dig down to the most vulnerable part of the artist and the song delivering that kind of vulnerability that moves somebody, mm-hmm. you know. And music can have a lot of functions. I think that's the part that I gravitate to. I think it's also great, like a song like Uptown Funk, that just kind of brings people together and is a celebration. Yeah. Like that is so powerful yeah. and great too. Yeah. You know, it can have different kind of dynamics. Um, but most of all, like, I mean, I think the commonality between those two is maybe the, the best answer to the question is the... Um, Someone's like here. Commi- oh, yeah, that's Mitch. <laughs> and Harry Styles. And Mitch is here. Is he going to say hi to us? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um <laughs> Go ahead, you I know, cut you just off, I'm really, sorry. I know, that's okay. Um, yeah, like really connecting with someone yeah. on a, yeah. in an emotional level and, and, and bringing out the best in and in a, in a, digging past the superficial yeah. kind of like, hey, there. Harry, we're just talking about you. Yeah, hi, I'm Sam. I work for NPR. Hey, pleasure. Pleasure to meet you. I'm enjoying your album. A, oh, thank you so much. It's really good. Thanks. Yeah, I was telling Jeff how much I like Woman. Oh, cool. That's a really good song. Awesome. Yeah, so we're in the middle of an interview you want to are we us? in the middle or are we? Oh, no, we're no, near the, the end. end. We're near the end. Okay. You're leaving. Okay. Yeah. All right. We should wrap, we wrap right. it up. Unless you guys want to sing a song or the, hear the piano. Um, that might be. That's too yeah. much. It might be. I know. It might be too much. No worries. Uh, anyway, I've asked all the questions I have, um, and this has been a treat. 
but any parting thoughts you want to give to our listeners, to aspiring singer, songwriter, producers, whatever? Mm. And parting, parting words. Yeah. Parting words of wisdom. Yeah. I don't know. I think just like, you know, discover yourself and discover how you communicate yourself. Like things aren't always instant. I think also to, in today's day and age, like we're so used to things being so instant and like, you know, the idea of like a singing contest that like you're going to win the singing contest and all your problems are going to be solved. It's like, well, it doesn't necessarily work like that. And most of the people that are successful, you know, like Bruno or Kanye or a lot of people that I've worked with, like their stories are all the same. They struggled. They were dropped from their label. People told them that they would never be this or that. And they persevered and found their voice and... And found you. <laughs> and found me. Well, I mean, that's another part of it. It's also like, you know, look out for those people that, that click with you. And like, yeah, people need a partner. They need a... And they need someone to do it with when you think you found that person. Hold them close. Hold them close. Work with them a lot. Value them. Because that's the person that's going to say like, oh, I get it. Like, you're, you're great. You're... Mm-hmm. I dig you. I like that. I'm not going to ask you to play anymore because I, I, I'd have you here for hours. Thank, thank you so much. I uh, can't for, wait for what for you coming. do next. Thanks what is next for you? you? Oh, man. Got some like really incredible projects. Like, Tell us all about um, it. My first artist I signed with Tyler, who just walked in. Yeah. Cam, who's a country artist, um, and we had a big hit um, song called Burning House. Oh, yeah. Um, Angelique Kijo. I don't know if you know yeah, who she is. Yeah, I know who she is. is. Uh, yeah. You working with her? Yes. So I saw her, I was covering the opening of the National Museum of African American History and Culture. She performed there. Okay. And it was just magnetic. Oh, she magnetic. is She is just a special, special like artist and energy. What island is she on when she records? <laughs> um, she's on her own island. She's in her <laughs> own world. Like that woman has just like, uh, I mean, she is just a ball of fire. Yeah. Just like tearing through everything, just the inspiring so a lot of things, a lot of things. And I'm like, you know, doing more things like we did with Harry Harry's Project and stuff and like recognizing talent and people and being that person like I was talking about that like, wow, when you come across a partner, like being stuff that like I find like really turns me on mm-hmm. and being able to having gone through the experience and kind of having learned from like Kanye since we were talking about him, how to take an idea from just an idea to a finished product just having gotten better at that, it's fun and rewarding to like help other people do that. You're busy. <laughs> I'm not gonna make you play Negative World, even though I would love to. I'm sure you're busy. And you gotta go. Rip it off SoundCloud and throw it in. Oh, I I love that song. I played it so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Cool. It really is a good song, Negative World. Go YouTube it. Search for it. It's cool. Anyway, Jeff Basker. Big thanks to him for letting me meet up. There in the Hollywood Hills. Harry Styles' self-titled record is out right now, of course. The Duke can sing, I'm telling you. Also, go get all of Kanye's back catalog, all of Fun's back catalog. It's good stuff. All right, back on Friday with our wrap on the news and the culture and everything of the week. Thank you for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. <laughs>